Welcome to the show! I'm Swerty. And I'm Hooch. Come along as we discuss completely irrelevant and whimsical ideas. We're going to have a great time and some good laughs. Maybe you will too, maybe you won't. But we invite you to join us either way. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the conversation. Hooch, how are you today? I am well. How are you, Swerty? I am, I am great. I enjoy our time together as we get to talk and conversate and do all the good speaking to each other. Yeah, it's a great time. And, uh, you know, we're having a blast putting this podcast together for everybody to listen to and enjoy. And hope you guys enjoyed our, our first episode, which was just kind of some nonsensical fun. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing on this episode as well. Absolutely. It was a hoot and a holler. Both. A hoot and a holler. <laughs> it was. A hooch and a holler. Oh, there That's you right. go. A swordy and a hooch. So those who listened <laughs> for our first podcast remember that we had a brain teaser at the very beginning just to get the, the blood flowing, to get the brain working, to get in our creative mood. Um, so this time, Hooch, you actually have, you're going to set the stage this time and then you're going to surprise me with a, well, I don't know yet. So you take it away and lead us into it. Yeah, so uh, last time you obviously picked the brain teaser where we had to <clears throat> kind of go over our uh, – kind of create these fantasy cities. So this is a totally different – totally, totally different exercise. So for this exercise, you have to give us a completely made-up history <laughs> on a really random and common product. Okay. So – I'm going to have you give us the history of Icelandic sea salt. Oof. And you just have to come up with, just give us a history of it. Like you're kind of like a documentary is kind of the feel you're going for. You can do whatever voices you want, <laughs> but okay. you just make it up because obviously you don't know the history. So let's just okay. hear it. So, so just so everybody's aware, this is the first I've ever heard of this prompt. <laughs> I have not prepared um, I am not going to take a break. I think we should just yeah, dive let's, into let's it. Let's do it. And yeah, just go let's for just it. Do it. And if I if I may, Icelandic sea salt. Yes, that's that is correct. Okay. Now, the funny thing is, I actually know some history on this. Oh my goodness! I thought it was made up. So, no, no, it's a thing. Okay, then I won't. I have some things in my mind percolating, so I don't want, want to. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm not going to spoil I anything. Won't, I won't ruin it. Okay, let's let's just dive in. The Icelandic sea salt gained popularity after the Himalayan sea salt, which, surprising to most, actually originated in the sea, as after the Great Flood, the ocean water receded from the Himalayas, creating large salt deposits. Well, that's quite a ways away from Iceland, if you know your geography. So... How the Icelandic sea salt came, which ironically is opposite on the color spectrum. You know, the Himalayan sea salt, with its rich pink and orange tones, took a, a dramatic change in Iceland, where it is more of like a bluish green in some areas. The greener it is, the more um, iodized this this Icelandic salt is. So, you know, for all you science people. Um, anyway, the reason that it, it developed was actually with its ties to Egypt. Oh. So, um, Egypt that we know, um, no, now tell me, Hunter, I, I am kind of a, a geography nut myself, but does, does Egypt border a body of water? 
Why, yes, it does. Which one would that be? I believe that is the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> That's what, that is what I was thinking. So um, I was just hoping you weren't in denial. But um, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so the ancient Egyptians were gathering salt, obviously, during back then, um, a couple thousand years ago. The spice trade was still, you know, very, very common. The, the salt was very, very... Um, I was going to say salty, but that's that's wrong. <laughs> the salt was a very common good for, for very rich pharaohs and, well, Egyptian noblemen at the time. Um, so as the pharaoh of the time, n- people don't know who this pharaoh was, um, was actually carrying a few dozen ships just jam-packed with this salt. Um, and they think that they may have trudged the salt um out of the sand and sifted it i don't know maybe you know with little tweezers you know sifting it out well they were they were taking this salt um to who knows where well all 12 ships came um (laughs) under abashment of a large sea storm Mm -hmm. and all of them capsized well this how convenient right and so you know a thousand years later they discovered this very very large salt deposit outside of iceland and it befuddled everybody of course right like you remember the news a thousand years ago right everyone on their you know um radio machines well back then they didn't have radio you know you could just imagine if they did right um and they they actually tracked the currents back to the mediterranean back to egypt and they're like oh well this natural salt formation has now been crystallized and been growing beneath iceland and so what better way to preserve this this amazing almost lost treasure of some sorts than to harvest it and put it on your mashed potatoes now that is rock solid rock salt solid oh, very good a, a nice pun i will not take it for granted <laughs> Gosh, <darn it. laughs> well that was pretty good that's a tough thing to make Maybe up on a the six fly. out of ten yeah you know what that's better than five <laughs> That's very true. And on the saltiness scale, the scale only goes up to seven. And that's so, true. Really so that's bad very salty. Way. I'm very salty. So do you want to try to pick one for me to do now? Or do we want to just move on into the next episode? I or... did take a long time. I apologize. I do want to give you a little curveball as well, if you don't mind. Sure. Do we have time for that? I think so. We're only six minutes in. And again... Hooch has not heard. He didn't even know I was going to be giving one of these curveballs to him. So he has had no time to prepare either. Um, I would say the ancient vacuum cleaner. Mm. The ancient vacuum cleaner. Well, I happen to have a little bit of historical background on such device. Back in my day, years of study have led me to find such treasures such as Water, Ooh. gold, <laughs> copper, which, hang on to that one. That one's going to be coming in handy later for the ancient vacuum, of course. Now, it happened about 1852. A young British explorer by the name of Sir Bartholomew Tweed was on his way to an expedition when he discovered the Great Pyramids of Giza. <laughs> And would you have it beneath them as they were excavating? And of course, there was mummies and golden treasures, but Bartholomew wasn't interested in any of those such things. He was after a legendary, mysterious item that had only been heard of 
in Nordic legends, ironically. Mm. And <clears throat> as he was digging through, he got deep into the heart of the grandest of the pyramids and found absolutely nothing. That's a shame. Plot twist. I know. You would think yeah. that's where it'd be. But it actually was 1,300 miles to the south in Namibia, and he found it just lying out in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> what good luck that is. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> of course. Anyway. And it was actually being utilized by a Bedouin woman who was just vacuuming out the tent. <laughs> Much to his chagrin, of course, he thought... Eureka, I found it, the ancient vacuum cleaner. <laughs> now, what's interesting about an ancient vacuum cleaner is it, of course, doesn't have any electronic components to it. I threw you off the trail with the copper earlier. Mm. You thought I was going to go with some crazy alien technology, but you were wrong. And uh, so, <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> so when he was doing his travels through Namibia and he looked and saw this woman vacuuming out the tent that they were uh, nomadically living in. Thank goodness she had this ancient vacuum cleaner. It doesn't even run on energy, right? Uh, it turns out it's actually just um, a couple of dogs. <laughs> mm. And that's it. That, that is... was the quest. So he actually, what he found in Egypt was actually a hieroglyph of what he was supposed to be looking for. Of course. And it just turned out to be a couple of dogs. A very specific breed, and they have like big sucker fish mouths. <laughs> okay, and that's it. That that's was, what we got. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm glad that Bartholomew and his tweed. Bartholomew. Bartholomew Tweed in a good year 1852, I might oh add. Um, <laughs> two sucker fish dogs. You know, maybe they fished him out the sea. Maybe they, maybe they will never. Maybe they they will never find. The ancient vacuum, maybe it's lost only to the hieroglyphs. Maybe under the the big pyramid. Maybe the sucker fish dog was just a symbolic representation. That's of a, right. A technology lost to time. You know, I think um, just tying this to the future, um, I believe everybody who has a dog has an ancestor to the original vacuum dogs. That's true. That's that's the only reason why you have a dog is, especially with food products, right? Food vacuums. What are you going to do? We'll grab your va ancient vacuum. I mean, and you your don't pet to go to waste. Of course. So, and yeah. quite frankly, I mean, most scientists think that dogs descended from wolves. That's actually the other way around. Wolves evolved from <laughs> that makes sense. Microevolutions, of course, because they're very similar. But they thought, hey, why pick up table scraps when I could go kill my own food and have a full meal? A full table. And there you go. Turns out they were wrong, and domestic dogs are way fatter and happier. But you know, they are. You live and learn. And thus concludes our warm-up exercise. Wonderful. Probably, that was interesting, to say the least. I'm still baffled by it. <laughs> I, it was a delight to hear, and I'm sorry I tried to suppress my, um, my laughter. But I couldn't. Obviously, it tripped you up a bit because it was hilarious. I wanted I, – yeah, it was great. I thought it was good. Well, <clears throat> that was enjoyable, at least for us. I you know you guys are probably sitting there going, why are we listening to this podcast? But if you're 11 minutes in now, no point in leaving because – we are coming up to the main part of the show. That's right. And if you remember last time, we we went on a, a couple side tangents, but that's how all good conversations go. Of course. We were picking a very specific topic. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I think it was, was childhood movies. Okay. I, I remember. Or, and yes. movies that impacted us as children. Of course. Maybe. And like so that. with that in mind, we actually put together a few ideas and we have this... Um, 
mason jar that we are going to just pull a random topic. We have not prepared any of these answers. This is going to be just, just reach in, it. read yep. it, spitball it. That's right. Do you want yep. to do the honors of, of I would pulling the first to. one? All right. So let's see if I can get my hand in here. Let me, I'm yep. probably going to have to dump it out. That's fine. Only one, though. If I can get just one. Oh, I got two. You pick one of the two. Ooh, good idea. Okay, I'll put the other one back for... Safekeeping. So I'm going to read it to you. Okay. And that means you will have the floor after I read it. Because I... So I wrote this portion of the, the jar. So these are all fresh for you, which is okay. going to be amazing. Oh, oh, this one's a good one. Olfactory senses throughout your history. Olfactory senses throughout olfactories. my... Olfactories. So, so for all of those who might not know, those are... We could we could also change it. Um, certain smells mm -hmm. that may trigger that you have connected to certain parts of your history. Oh wow! And if you need me to give you an example, <clears throat> I can. But yeah, it's like you, usually when you get a certain smell, it'll trigger sensory memories. And I didn't know if you had any of those mm -hmm. put in place or if your sniffer's broken. Who knows? So I will leave you the floor to you, and you tell sure. me where you want to go. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that's a good one. And it's an interesting one because really your sense of smell is kind of one of the first things that you develop. At least that's what this is real science now, not like the baloney that we were talking about <laughs> earlier. But um, it, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, that I've read that the sense of smell is one of the primary ways you identify things as a baby. And then obviously you're hearing and your eyes and you know sense of taste and touch sure. and stuff develop more and you start getting other input um, from there and so it's it is fascinating because sometimes i'll even like pick up smells that like trigger almost a deja vu kind of mm, thing yeah. but you don't necessarily have the memory but you know you smell it and there's like a, a feeling an emotion range that come with it which is interesting mm -hmm. but I'm not going to really spend much time there, I don't think, because obviously I'm not a psychologist. Um, but I think the one that came to mind as you were explaining your your prompt here was probably like the smell of, of cooking bacon. And I associate that with my grandma's kitchen. Mm -hmm. We used to live in Utah, uh, which I think I mentioned in our last episode. And so we'd come up to Oregon. My grandparents lived in, in Hermiston, Oregon. And we'd come up here to uh, visit with them, you know, maybe once a year. And so, but we'd, so we'd stay a few days and my grandma would always get up early and cook us this big breakfast, like every day that we were there. And it was awesome. And she was always, she always cooked bacon. It was pretty much always bacon, eggs, uh, you know, hash browns, whatever, maybe, you know, biscuits and gravy or something, but there's always bacon and, or she was cooking something in bacon grease. Of which course. was something that was a uh, common, like, I guess, I don't know, maybe people used to do that all the time, but um, my grandma would store it in a, in a mason jar. Of course. And then she would uh, put it like and cook everything in it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the kitchen always smelled like bacon, uh, which was, which was great. And so I always remember waking up to the smell of bacon and still to this day, when I, when I smell it, that's like where my mind jumps to. It was just that, mm. that was those good memories at grandma and grandpa's house. So I would say 90% <laughs> of all the smells that I have cataloged in my brain are bacon related as well. So I, <laughs> you know, I, I was going, you know, that that's a great direction to go. And I would actually broaden that out for me is 
just going to grandma and grandpa's house. Yeah. Because like they were the most amazing places to go as a kid. And um, they always had a certain smell and it was just so cozy and nice and warm. Um, like um, my dad's parents um, going there, you know, all throughout my childhood I don't, I don't even know what the smell was. Was it, I don't even know if it was potpourri. It was just, it just had a very pleasant smell. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, whether that be going over for Christmas Eve or just going there, like it, it just a, a total comfort smell. And I can't even describe what it is. It's just logged in my memory banks. Um, but then going down to my, my mom's parents, um, the same, just like, um, the same coziness and comfort. I know my grandpa smoked Marlboro Reds. Oh. <laughs> and so I can, I kid you not, I can tell the caliber of like how good a cigarette is based on the Marlboro scale. Because Marlboros were, you know, that those are kind of a high end. Mm -hmm. I don't smoke, so I don't know. But it's like, those were like the high end cigarettes. But it's like, because that's what grandpa always smoked. And mm -hmm. so it's like, every time I get that specific smell, like, oh, I know what brand that is and it reminds me of of grandpa so yeah. you know that just those those crazy just memories that yeah they just flood back because you never expect it you're just like oh what's that smell oh what's that random memory in my brain like it's just interesting how how god hard hardwired our brains to do that it is interesting yeah and kind of on that same maybe we don't want to spend tons of time on tobacco i don't know but, sure yeah. you know i i remember <clears throat> i worked for a guy um who smoked a pipe uh, pretty much all the time and he would always use the rum cured tobacco and it smelled amazing hmm. um, i have never uh, smoked myself either but that one always smelled good he would switch back and forth sometimes between that and cigarettes and the cigarettes were just like oh <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> and we'd always be driving like going around to work and do different things because he he owned a bunch of cherry orchards and so I was kind of like the handyman with him. So we'd go around and like fix broken sprinklers and work on tractors and whatever, mm -hmm. um, just whatever needed to be done. <clears throat> but he would always drive everywhere with the windows up. <laughs> He's just smoking like a chimney, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably really good for my lungs. But anyway, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, it's worked its way out. Yeah. Right it's now, it's all good. Um, anyway. And so when he switched to that rum cured, pipe tobacco it's like oh that's so much better and he would like press his own cigarettes he had like really? this cool little machine that you could put the tobacco in and this you had like you could buy like the little pre-rolled mm -hmm. cigarette papers and then load them in there and that smelled good really good and so i've got a few good memories there with that <laughs> anytime i smell that particular smell yeah. as well uh yeah he was a fun guy i don't know if you've experienced this same phenomena but libraries to me have always historically been amazing smelling places hmm. and it's not necessarily the old books but it's i don't know what they pump into the air there to give you this sense of just amazingness like when i went to college um the library was awesome i love going to the library just because it smelled good it smelled like, of knowledge oh there you go knowledge <laughs> is power and i sniff i sniff out power that right i guess <laughs> but you know i think on the inverse of that, going into kind of a real topic, I think a lot of kids are not that are, are missing out of like the smell of a good book though. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah. that is, that is a powerful thing. Like, you know what a, a good book smells like. And to a lot of people, it's a very satisfying, you know, mm -hmm. smell. Yeah. Well, new ones have a specific kind of smell. Yes. And it's different depending on the publisher, which I thought was interesting. similar, but like 
they are all kind of a little bit different. Um, and old books have kind of that mildewy kind of smell to them almost, sure. you know? And so, which isn't necessarily great, but it's not bad, but it, it's just a familiar smell. I think. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't have that same recollection like with a library um, because a lot of the libraries, like when I was younger were, which they had obviously tons of books, but they had videos and all sorts of other things. In sure. Too. And they smelled kind of, they were felt more sterile, I guess, than like a, <laughs> Like oh, kind of sure. a cozier library, which hmm. uh, you know, I think some people picture. But I have so one of my younger memories. <clears throat> we used to do. My dad would always like be doing these home improvement projects and stuff, and we go into like Lowe's or Home Depot or something like that, um, and they would always smell amazing, particularly the new tire section. It was like oh, the best I smell. love new tires. And, and I remember thinking as a kid, like if that was an edible smell, I would totally eat that because you could just smell it forever. <laughs> I was a kid. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree because we um, recently got our tires rotated well before the snow. Mm-hmm. And I love the smell of Les, Les Schwab's. Yeah. Just in the waiting room because all the new tires are there. There's just something about good. that. It's an amazing mm-hmm. smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That fresh rubber is like I guess that's the the smell, but it's it it smells great. It's like I don't know how to explain it. Everybody yeah. knows the smell, and I've not talked to anybody who doesn't love that smell, which is interesting. Weird, yeah, because I haven't even because I forgot about it until you jogged that memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause I haven't asked people about that. Like, Hey, do you like the smell of the tires in here? You know, it's not right. something I think about, but it is a pleasant smell. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And similarly, like fresh cut lumber is also like a really good smell. I think. Yes. Or like sawdust anywhere. There's sawdust where wood is being cut up in some way. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, those... it's being processed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Except um, for paper. Paper stinks. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> yeah, paper towels are horrible. <laughs> Pre-pulp. Right. You know, yeah. we, we did the, the, the fibrous lumber yards. Um, cause that's, you know, me growing up, my dad was a, a lumberman. He was a logger for a, a, a lum, a lumberman, <laughs> a logger for a long time. And so I actually got to go to the sawmill with him. Before this was like pre preschool. Oh wow! And so <laughs> I was just hanging out, you know. Caleb's got to get to work. Three years old. <laughs> that's right. That's gotta right. Get that beard. Till the whistle in. blows. That's right. <laughs> and it was amazing. Like I love the smell. Yeah. Um, I also have a tangent that this spurred. Not a tangent, just a new smell. Okay. If you want to hear it. Yeah. Um. So I love the smell of rain. That's oh, universal. Yes. However, growing up where I did in Oregon, um the rain would hit the gravel and it the for some reason this gravel like it was the most pristine rain smell so it wasn't first the rain it was the rain on the gravel that where, where we lived at just for whatever reason just um that's very pleasant because yeah so mine it would be like concrete because we hmm. where we lived in utah we had a, like a lawn we had a yard lawn and then there was asphalt on the street and then our driveway was was paved was like a concrete driveway and yeah rain on concrete has that really like rich rainy smell mm-hmm. and i think yeah. it's probably similar because of the probably the gravel yeah. too it's it's a similar like i don't know if it amplifies the smell or maybe it absorbs it because it's porous because mm. because concrete 
will or cement will wick moisture mm -hmm. so i wonder like if there's just something about it that yeah maybe it just draws the smell out who knows it concentrates yeah. it i don't I know don't, i don't know either yeah but it, it's definitely a very like specific smell and it's it's so good spring rainstorms when it's warm that's when you get that really good rain mm. smell i think like when it's like 60 70 degrees and then a thunderstorm rolls through it's just that perfect smell yeah yep hmm. obviously you know now that all these memories are flooding back of like growing up, like there are certain things that you were meant to smell, right? Candles being one mm -hmm. of them. Obviously they're made to smell them. That's their only purpose. Mm -hmm. um, we had this apple flavor, <laughs> apple flavored <laughs> candle. Oh my gosh, it was the best thing. And we never really lit it. It was just kind of in this old, like, yeah, like this, like old brass jar that yeah. it seemed old. And oh my goodness, I would like smuggle it away and just sniff this, just huffing this, a candle this. over there. Yeah. It wasn't even lit. It was just this <laughs> apple it flavor. It, <laughs> it was, <lit. laughs> it was lit, but we didn't have those terms back That's then. That's right. This, it was cool. These colloquialisms that it was lit though, for sure. There um, you go. Yeah. We're hip. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. We're not old and reminiscent. <laughs> I, love, I love apple I candles. I smell of the apple pie candle. It's just, Phenomenal. It was just Back in apple. my day, we didn't have iPhones to stare at all day. We just snuck candles and huffed them in the back room. That's right. Oh, you totally reminded me. So we had a big crayon bucket. Yes. And a crayon yes. bucket always has, has a weird this smell. Crayon wax smell. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it's good, though, because obviously crayons as a kid were you drew pictures with them worst thing ever getting crayons into the Lego bin and they get all smashed oh, into the gross. Legos. <laughs> Burn them all. Just restart at Whoa, that point. Whoa, dude, that's wasteful. I would never do that. My I, goodness, you Legos kill the planet. Do you know how expensive Legos are now? You would never, you'd never financially recover from that. <laughs> never gonna financially recover from this. <laughs> I have a funny story. My sister, who I love dearly, um, this is a family story that that keeps getting brought up about a couple times a year. Um, when I was a baby child, there were fruit flies everywhere. In my room, because for some reason, my room was the biggest. I was the only boy, right? So I had my my big room. All the toys were in there. Well, we had there was a bunch of fruit flies, and nobody knew why. Well, that was because of the fruitcake that was like that. Was... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just so we looked in the closet where there was the crayon bucket. Mm -hmm. There was a banana peel oh. in the crayon bucket, oh. and and rest assured, we knew exactly who it was. It was that particular sister who shall remain, who shall remain but she knows who she is. <laughs> if you're listening to this, <laughs> you, you probably know who, and, and this is not the first time this has happened that that was just a, um, you know, some fruit refuse that was close to my heart and Your close to choice. my room. Thank you. And so that's <laughs> some produce refuse. There oh, wow. Go. Getting profuteous ref. Atticus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this banana peel, it wasn't the first time a banana peel had been left randomly throughout the house and attracted fruit flies. So, you know, that that's just a, a fond memory of mine is, you know, finally finding the source of this black and brown, just crusty just, banana peel that somebody left for whatever reason in the crayon bucket crayon, bucket crayon bucket who does that i don't even know maybe there was some rogue peanut butter and jelly in there <laughs> could have been <laughs> a slice of bread perhaps that the banana peel needed to i looked i, I found no <laughs> other food it was just the banana peel the banana was all gone okay. 
So, kind of topping, just totally off topic, mm-hmm. but since we're on food. Of course. And we talked about 90s technology. Because that was <laughs> like in our last episode, right? So, VCRs. Yes. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the VCR slot. That was such a thing. Every kid did it. My sister did that when we were kids. And I remember my dad having to flip the VCR <laughs> over. He's like unscrewing it so he could get into the tape oh, deck. No. So you could get the sandwich out of there. And I have heard so many stories where people have done that. I was, I was have done that. I was going to bring that up. I thought that you were just bringing up that cliche. But you had a personal no, story. No, yeah. Because I've heard that, you know, us as kids... Why would you waste a peanut butter and jelly? That that's my mentality. So I of course ate all my peanut butter and jelly. Like but a good boy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and the crust as well. So I go grow big and strong. But I've heard that as well. Like that's a cliche. I know. It's weird. I just don't know if it's just a shape thing. You know, the the blocks that they give kids that you put, you know, like the triangle block goes in the triangle yeah. slot. And, and so anyway, why are you laughing at the that? The compact car goes in, in the, the compact, compact slot. slot. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. Slot. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, and so I think it's just like, that looks like the perfect shape to go into the VCR. I mean, obviously you've got VHS tapes, but why use one of those when you can use a peanut butter? Yeah. If you can't, by that point, there might be a little nefariousness. On the child's part, who knows? But it, but it does seem like that is a, a like a, a astute observation. It's the perfect slot. This sandwich is perfect. What will what will be unlocked? What will play on the TV when I put this sandwich in there? Nothing. That's true. <laughs> the, Absolutely. The crazy nothing. thing is like once you cleaned out the VCR, it would probably still work because it was so it robust. Did. It did work, which was great. But I think we should. Maybe go, want to go for a second topic so we don't divert back into our 90s stuff? Or do you want to go back into this? Either way. I let's think, just, let's yeah, let's a, just take a little break yeah. and then we'll just come back. I think we should just dive right back into it. Okay, I love it. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. See you soon. All right, welcome back. And we are going to continue on our conversation with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich episode in the vcr pick it up swarty it, it was a great a great movie i wish that they made a you know a vhs that looked like a pb and j you know maybe that maybe there's something there where you know kids would automatically put the vc like or the vhs a, like a child's version that they be <clears throat> a decoy vcr that's right yeah that's and right. it actually just toasted your sandwich you know like an easy bake oven i think we're onto <laughs> something you know all those ancient technologies the vcr right you know you ancient. could you could repurpose those to be some sort of, you know, move over George Foreman grill. We've got this VCR cooker of breads and PB&Js. Now we're on to something. That's right. And we're going to make millions. Don't tell anybody this is patent pending. That's right. Um, I One thing I wanted to bring up, speaking of VCRs, it was in the age of the big box televisions. Mm-hmm. And this was where, you know, it was super thick glass. The, the TVs were square they weren't rectangle right two things that i want to bring up you could knock on the glass and it made the most amazing sound it made the classic television sound which is not replicated anywhere else now you can't knock on a tv 
now because it's just like a plastic oh, screen. It's it's horrendous, but knocking on like a big And you know, I shop for televisions by knocking on the glass to see which one gives me the best sound. Is it ripe? <laughs> How do you know if you don't knock on the glass? Right. Is it television season? And That's right. The answer is we never know now. They pick them too early. And so they don't actually mature into I think, televisions. Yeah, I think that's why you get the the different sizes now. Like you can get televisions all, you know, tiny that fit in your hand all the way to this whole ball. It's like, how do I know? Some are some curve, some don't turn off. You know, I don't even know. Like mm -hmm. they're just there's just so many season TV seasons now. I don't think a lot of them are ripe and the, the quality is not as good. It's not, and yet it's so much better. It is. <laughs> so. It definitely is. Well, I remember um, there was a layer of dust on the TV, and you always have to spray yeah. and wipe it down. You have to do that now, yeah. but there was something. There was so much static that it you just, got. Like collected. It, it did, and my favorite thing was you. You hovered your hand over. Yeah, the no, engine, like. Mm -hmm. Or if you ran your forearm by it, all the hairs on your forearm would stick up. That's right. And then you'd go touch somebody and, and then blow them across the room. Yep. Electrocute them <laughs> minorly. Just, you know, right. Safe. little static. Yeah, That's right. Okay. Safety first. Well, let's journey back towards smells. I think that's kind of where this conversation started. That's correct. Well, my third point on television. Oh, we're back to television. No, it, it ties in. <laughs> this is a show all about <laughs> old TVs. That's right. And 90s tech. That's last what we're talk last about. thing about, well, that's when we grew up. So we have a lot know, of material. No, um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm being facetious. So that, that same dusty static shell that, that hovered over the, the front of the television. Have you smelled, have you smelled an old TV? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause it gives you that like weird, like ozone electrical smell. Yes. That kind of it's like a crackly smell. Yeah. And it yeah. like, cause you've gotten too close and you zap the tip of your nose mm -hmm. and We've it, all been there. It, it has that, that smell. And that's what I was going to tie back into our olfactory senses because it is such an amazing smell. Kids nowadays will have no idea what that smells like, what static or what knocking on a, a ripe television will sound like. So talking about smells that kids probably don't, know now because they changed everything but that reminded me of because obviously that takes you back to when you're a little kid mm -hmm. but it reminded me of of the smell of like you know that dusty gravelly smell of like the pea gravel on playgrounds yes yeah right and like you know when you would face plan into it all the time from doing stupid stuff as a kid and and then I was thinking, it got me thinking about how, like, we used to play on all sorts of just crazy stuff when we were talking about this earlier today. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> looking at it now, you're like, holy crap, that's, like, super unsafe, probably. But we've just, like, played on, and even the stuff we played on was safe, like, compared to pictures I've seen of, like, stuff from, like, the 50s and 60s. Oh, yeah. And, like, the playgrounds and stuff were basically just, like, here, here's a high-rise pole, go jump off. Here's you this know? this <laughs> jagged metal pile. Yeah. Go, go play on fun. it. You know, it's yeah. great. And I, I don't know, like, that just kind of... And then <clears throat> there's that smell of a baking hot slide, like a metal slide. Yes. And usually you would be in shorts because it's summertime. <laughs> <laughs> and often those shorts would slide up and you would just screech <laughs> your legs down those slides and just burn the crap out of your legs. And, and then that, that was awful. And then that ties back and it's like, you know, as an as a kid by the slide, like, oh, is somebody cooking bacon? Right. <laughs> it's like, no, so we just went down the slide and burned his buns. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. Yep. Good times. 
I, I think grass smelled greener on the playground though. Like mm-hmm. grass like was just and then maybe it's just like that that innocence, right? You're having a bunch of fun, you're running yeah. around like grass and that mud grass and dirt. Smell. Oh, everything just smelled so good. You know, it didn't smell good. What? Dandelions. Oh, and they don't taste good either. You get them on your hands because you're like, oh, let's pick them. Yeah, and they stink. And you touch your mouth and then it was like, oh, Ugh. yeah. Horrible Milk, taste. Milkweed. It's gross. Yeah. And apparently people make salads out of this stuff. And wine. Ooh, dandelion wine. <laughs> yeah. That sounds just delicious. It's like one of those things that are in your like survival books. If you were dying, you could eat this. You can <laughs> eat any milkweed. And it's like, oh, I'd rather just. If you're dying. <laughs> What you have to do is quickly set up a vat of dandelions, <laughs> boil them down, <laughs> stick with me, <laughs> add some Icelandic sea salt, That's what I was gonna say, yep. <laughs> take your ancient vacuum, and mix it all up, <laughs> and then let it sit there for 30 days. And if you haven't starved to death by then, you will have dandelion That's wine, good. and you will survive. <laughs> I like that. You know, with that training or with that way of thinking, so the dog eats all of that, <laughs> processes it. <laughs> then you, I didn't think that, about that's that. what I thought of. Well, I, it's not exactly the. Yeah. At that point, you're now, probably remember the not ancient vacuum's not actually the dog's right. That was just uh, you know they didn't ever actually find a true ancient. That's vacuum, right. So that's right. I'm thinking an actual device somehow mixed the dandelion wine. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> getting off of that tent, but yes, dandelions taste like garbage and i'm not sure how people eat them in a salad you just accidentally eat them and they're obviously i don't think you're eating like the flower which is the part that kids always pick and you know you like that's the yellowy stuff that gets on your hands i think they eat the leaves but still what's the milk itself because i've i've noticed that that's what you make the wine out of or that's i don't know that's the taste oh i see that's that bitter nasty taste it is horrible yeah it's bad um, I, I just remembered like the playground is just full of, of cool stuff. Like any time you played kickball, mm-hmm. the, the ball itself, like that, whatever rubber that oh, like right. red textured big, kickball, huge rubber ones. Yeah. Yep. A just amazing smell. Yeah. And you would just be in your friends with those things. And you usually got a good smell of it. Cause it hits you right smack <laughs> in the face. It'd leave your face like super red. <laughs> it would linger for a second. Yeah. It just stings yeah. that stinging rubber. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We all know that. Well, Kids nowadays probably don't even get to play with those. I know when I was in like high school, they were transitioning to like those squishy foam ones. You remember those? Yeah, kind of like that? they're almost like a Nerf, but like they they compress the down. rhino skin or the, yeah, the rhino. Yeah, they're weird. They compress yeah. way down. Which for dodgeball was stupid, but fun, for for kickball, that's right. Well, yeah. for kickball, you always use the like you had to have air in it. So, so when we played kickball when I was in elementary school in Utah, we had so they had the. We were up on like a hillside, so the whole suburb we lived in was like up on the foothills. Mm-hmm. So the backyard, if you will, of the school where the playground was, which was quite large, um, had two levels. So you had an asphalt area, and it had like four square courts and basketball hoops, and it also had kickball squares uh, on the asphalt. And then there was like a big concrete retaining wall. And there was a couple staircases and you could go up and then there was like a grassy plain that was pretty good size. And there was like some kickball diamonds up there too. Well, we always played on the stinking asphalt <laughs> and, um, and I kid you not first grade just totally wrecked my knees because like you would get, they would throw the ball at you and it'd get in between your legs and trip mm-hmm. you. And I wrecked my knees, just like totally scarred them up. And they're still like that <laughs> from kickball. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You you had to go for it. You just you have did. to you did. commit. 
Yeah. Um. Oh, there was something. My my brain totally went in a weird tangent. Not not a weird tangent. Just like all these different smell. Like I do remember, like PE, of course. You know, like you said, there's all the getting your knees destroyed. <laughs> um, in the nurse's office. Yeah. Yes, and and it reminded me. So there was a state park near where I lived mm-hmm. and there was a lake. Um, and I actually had a very similar experience with scarfing up your knees. I was going down the boat ramp. Oh, the yep. water was Concrete. really low. There was no water at the bottom. Oh. And so I'm on a scooter and I, to be honest, I didn't really have the scooter perfected. <laughs> I was like, I know how it worked. You, you stand on it. You push with one foot. I didn't really know how the brakes work. And this is like a razor scooter. I don't even know if it was a razor scooter. I don't think razor scooters were invented back okay. then. Yeah, like did you it just have like the your... little plasticky wheels, or did it have like a tire? It was a plasticky wheel. Okay, the yeah. little plasticky wheels, like they took it off of a roller skate, yeah. and mm-hmm. then put it on there. And so me and my buddy were were going down the boat ramp, and he's up ahead of me. I'm like, hey, where's the brakes? He's like, it's behind you. Just push down because you'd have to push down on the back wheel. Yeah. So I like look back because we're getting to the bottom of these jagged rocks, and I just like pump, pump, and just. The whole scooter just goes out from underneath me. I just <laughs> boom, just fly down oh this boat gosh. ramp and just <sighs> bounce and scrape. Oh. Um, the first thing that I thought of was, do not tell my mom. Yep. Not even the pain. That is always the first Who thing. cares about the Don't pain? Don't tell mom. My face was all scratched up, my hands. Um, I'm sure she won't notice. Just put some dirt Oh, on. exactly. Yeah. Don't tell my mom. And then we get up there and I'm like, well, okay, now everybody's going to know. And they're going to ask me, oh, what happened? And it's like, and we're like, yeah, you should tell them that a bear attacked you. Like as kids, right? Like, yeah, the bear, the bear got me, you know? And yeah, it was just crazy. Um, so there's my injury story. Um, and then that tied back into the smells because <laughs> because the I was going to go into things that do not smell very good at all. Like okay. negative smells. That lake in the summer bad. was the worst smell. Because it would be, it was like in August, late August, where it was just the sun was out just all day. Stagnant water and the algae would grow. Ooh. And it turned, it was great in the spring, but late summer, it was, you drove past, you're like, yeah, we're getting close to the lake. And it just, you have to like shut the windows down, plug your nose and for oh, like interesting. 10 miles. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's some some of the bad smells that I remember as a kid is like I love going into shopping malls because there was like the pretzels and good smells mm. and stuff like that. But the worst smells was like the perfume section and it was always super strong and it was usually like and I mean, I don't want to be rude, but it was usually <laughs> like some of the older gals because I don't think they could smell as well. And so they would have a lot of perfume on. And it's not that the perfume was necessarily bad, but because they had so much, it was like suffocating. Mm-hmm. And it would make you feel like you're just like choking almost. It was it was very pungent. Yeah, really yeah. pungent. Well, but then there was some like certain perfumes smell amazing. And it's like, true. These are great. There are some perfumes that do not smell amazing. Why would anybody put that on <laughs> their know. body? It's like, true. Unless it's a repellent of some kind. Maybe it's insect repellent. Maybe that's right. Or maybe it's opposite sex repellent. Who knows? There you go. I don't know. Maybe well, they want to be left alone. You got to so think bugs. This per- perfume. Like yeah. drives off the annoying men. That like are- a mosquito. <laughs> right. Right. Mosquitoes come in all shapes and sizes. They, yeah. you know, they smell it too. They're like, oof, no, no, thank you. There you go. I don't that's need right. carcinogens in, in what right. I'm, and you mosquitoes know. are known to be particularly healthy. 
They are. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. So that positively. Sense. Oh, positively. <laughs> oh, 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 gosh. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. And I was trying to think of what was another uh, repugnant smell. Um, trying to think of food because food always oh, Brussels has... sprouts okay Gosh, I agree food like and I've heard they're not bad but I've never been able to get past the what smell. see I there's a lot of vegetables that I love but they are very pungent yeah. including Brussels sprouts they smell like somebody farted in your oven they're horrible I've heated up broccoli multiple times I love broccoli in our work office of course and I sit right by the microwave unfortunately <laughs> I am banned from heating That's up broccoli right. in, right. at work. Gosh. But it's true. It's just whatever it is, those green vegetables, especially when you reheat them. Uh, yeah. Ugh, mm-hmm. They're just very bad. But they taste good. They do. They do taste good. Well, I don't know about Brussels sprouts. I would. But. I, when next time I make Brussels sprouts, you need to have some. They're really good. They're surprising. But do I need yes. to have some? They'll make you grow big and strong. Well, I'm already a grown man, so I think <laughs> it's too I'm late. Okay. <laughs> Don't need to eat another Brussels sprout. I ate sprout. broccoli straight out of the womb, and so now I have a full beard. Okay. Although I shaved it off, so now I just have a mustache. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, you got to trim back, you know, it <laughs> right. makes sense. Right. Oh, speaking of, oh, those are good smells. I was going to go into a good smell. Okay, go back to good smells. About beard products. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, mm-hmm. there is some amazing men care products for beards, and not even just for like, hair but i i'm not really a lotion guy but i do put in some some beard products when i can and and they're just so great they have some good manly smells and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really good and they soften up your facial hairs which is always nice absolutely because otherwise they poke your chin and like your chest and stuff when your beard gets long and your and and your loved ones that's true because my wife does not particularly appreciate when i have really (laughs) wild beard hair because it pokes her in the face i think that it's <laughs> it's the opposite for me where um my wife doesn't mind my beard it's when you shave and then it's really oh, prickly that, yep. mm-hmm. and it's like oh i can't it's even can't even kiss you because you're like a, a sandpaper you know? <laughs> it's true it's true so. but shaving in the paint so you know you know those but are just then you have that nice soft patina <laughs> that's right that that's the wild that's just you know the hardships of, of having facial hair. It's is, true. It's true. The, the hardships of being a manly man. That's right. <laughs> um, Life is tough. It is. So... <laughs> First world problem. That's, that's I have very to true. shave every day. I just don't like shaving, but then I just look like a ragamuffin. And it's like, do I really care? No. Well, I have a nice beard, but when it gets too long, then it goes in like every direction. And then it's a pain to try to keep it groomed. Mm-hmm. And I've tried a few different things. Yeah. But my facial hairs are so wily. They mm-hmm. just go wherever. That's I think that's the stage I'm at right now where they're just going straight out. Yep. And I try to put oil in them, but I have such curly hair that they just bring they just spring out. You could grow a really good goatee. Which I know they can see on the podcast. Of course, course yeah. You have they a really good it. thick chin hair oh, right thank there. You. you could grow an excellent like that soul Van patch. Dyke or something. Ooh, that'd be cool. Maybe I'll go. think about that. I used to when I was in high school. I used to just keep just my chin Billy tuft. Scruff. That's right. That's yep. right. Um, <laughs> Probably a banned book. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, but not to, not to get into not a sidetrack. That's right. We were talking about good books smelling so good. In that's the right. We want to so, leave it there yeah, because books good. are great. Read your books. We'll put that right back on the shelf. That's right. Right, there. right back where it belongs. <laughs> hey, now don't stop that again. <laughs> um, I, I think food is one of those things where 
because it has such a positive connotation, most of the time, Mm -hmm. a bad food smell is almost worse than a normal bad smell. It's true. And I think also because you eat it and if it's got Mm -hmm. that really pungent smell and the the, the flavor is similar, even if it's better. But if you pick up that smell and then you get that lingering after smell Mm -hmm. and it's not like the aftertaste, it's different, but it sticks in like your oral factories. That's right. And it just lingers there. And oh, man, I've had a few things I've eaten like that over the years or if you've eaten too much of something yes, and it sticks and then everything you eat tastes like that and it's horrible. I, I've had a similar yeah. experience, but it, it wasn't the smell. Of course, taste and smell are so interconnected, right? right. Red onions, like mm-hmm. if it's in a salad, because I love just like having a, a side salad when you go out mm-hmm. to eat. And then if there's red onions in there, not only will I smell it later, I'll taste it later. After the whole dinner's done, even if you have dessert, a sweet dessert, it's huh. like red onion later and it's terrible. It's terrible. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I'll have to pay attention to that next time of like what foods do that because I, I don't, I haven't had any foods do that in a long time, but I also have kind of obviously like changed my diet to things I like to eat. So. Exactly. <laughs> and from, and that's the whole thing. Like I, now avoid red onion when I can. So I don't run into that very often because the two or three times that it happened was just unbearable. Yeah. Um, But I, I think alongside with the onion portion, oh, what was the other food? Oh, this is one that I always forget about until again, like it pops up in like, oh, I smell that. Oh, that reminded me that that was a bad thing. Um, Certain garlic bread that you get prepackaged mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it's already cut. It's already garlic for you. Mm-hmm. And you'll put it on the the tray and cook it in the oven, it will have like that weird metallic yes. smell and mm-hmm. taste. It does. It does. I, well, so some of the bags they come in have a, like a metal, like they're metal ish bags. Mm. They got like an aluminum liner or foil liner or something. Sure. Um, so you can heat them up in the oven. That's the idea. I think at least that's I, what we always I think so. For. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we always did that. And, and it would, it'd have that kind of slightly alum, like metally taste to it, which I think which they, they tasted fine, but it still had that hint of it. But I think because you were keen to it, you're like, I'm really sus of this bread that <laughs> really I'm eating. Sus. Really <laughs> sus of this bread. That's what we slipped in a hip word there That's right. just so you wouldn't think we're too old. <laughs> That's right. You see what we did there. That sus That's bread. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. One final thing I have on bad foods is, so I got my wisdom teeth removed Oof. a few years ago. And... I ate tons of tapioca pudding. Ooh. And so now, even to this day, and I didn't get sick or anything, but I overate it so bad yep. that for years, even the thought of it would make me gag. And then the smell of it, <laughs> would, like I got past the thought, and then the smell of it would make me gag. And now I can eat small trace amounts of vanilla custards, like even like creme brulee and stuff. I'm just like, I can't do it. Weird. Because it's so like, so it's not I don't want to eat anymore. So <laughs> just to verify on your last point. So it's kind of like the texture of just like a pudding esque dessert. At it's this not point. the texture. It's the taste and smell Weird. because it's okay. that vanilla y smell. Mm-hmm. Tapioca obviously is kind of specific, but it's, yeah. it's kind of vanilla based. And so it was like vanilla puddings of any kind. That's a shame. I apologize. You had to go through that because I okay. love, you know, I've outgrown it now. I'm good now. Of course. But you're a grown just, man now, that's right? right? That's yeah. right. Grown man. <laughs> I'm no longer sucks. That's right. right. You're, another you're hip word board. for the day. That's right. We'll have another segment where we use hip words completely wrong. Ilium. That's a hip word for all you Ilium. bio majors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
What? You're confusing me. Ilium you're is so hip. The... I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a new it's a new craze. Oh, okay. Uh, the ilium is your hip bone. Okay. So I was making a literal hip oh, oh, bone. Oh, I see. Yeah, mm. so it's all right, you know. Well, well it went right over my That's head. all right. We, we'll get you up to speed. Right over the cranium. Oh, I see what you did there. Getting ahead of the game, I see. Oh. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Let's wrap the this up. The pun show. That'll be a different podcast. That's perfect. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think we've about probably exhausted this particular topic, at least in the lull of conversation here. So do you want to continue on or should we close out with? Another I would segment? ask the audience, but I don't think we would be getting a good answer. Sporty and now. Hooch is not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Applause, applause. Yeah, I think I think our sniffers, we put our, our sniffer memories through the test. I think we have some good stuff. And it's been just a pleasure going through memory lane again with you, Hooch. Um, <laughs> even though di- very different upbringings and different memories, but yeah. it, I love hearing about it. It's so. great. Great. Well, we appreciate you joining us this evening or morning or afternoon, I guess. Whenever Whenever you're listening to it, it's evening here as we record it. So um, we enjoy having these opportunities to put out some good and silly content. And we hope it brings a little bit of stress relief to you and um, in kind of a crazy world right now. But yeah, life is still good. Absolutely. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, Feel free to reach out to us if you... um have any what ideas or things that you like things you dislike um we'll try to get you some contact information somehow yeah we're gonna work on getting a facebook page up so we'll uh we'll try to get that live and uh, then you can message us or reach out through that avenue comment on the page or whatever yeah with, um questions you have or things you'd like us to do and we might depending on how things progress we may um, try to put some content up on YouTube as well, which will give you opportunities to comment uh, things you'd like us to do on or discuss uh, for the next shows on YouTube as well. So here, 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 here. All right. Well, I guess that's all we've got for you tonight. And uh, yep. we'll see you on the next conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for the conversation. <laughs>